Hello everybody, thank you very much for downloading this episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. For more information, you can visit the Cinema Catch-Up Club's official Facebook page. Just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club. Or you can visit our website, thoughtjarproductions.com. This podcast is available on iTunes and SoundCloud, and we would really appreciate your subscriptions there, so pick your service of choice. For more information about this and other podcasts we produce, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com. And now, for this week's episode. Do a quick test. <coughs> testing, testing, one, two, three. Testing, one, two, testing, one, two. <gasps> testing, one, two, three. Yeah, okay there, Kate? Okay. Yep. Hello everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club podcast. I am your host, Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. This week is week number two of our five-film trip into foreign language cinema. That's right, these are films which are produced in countries that don't have English as their predominant language. So, sorry Australia, get out of here USA. So long about half of Canada, because we are looking at films that are not English language films. And this week, it's My Neighbour Totoro, coming to us from Japan. Joining me to review My Neighbour Totoro, we have, as always, two guests, someone who has seen the film, and somebody who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film, it's Kate Willoughby, everybody. Hello, everyone. How are you doing, Kate? I'm great. How are you? I'm pretty good. And um, you've, you've not been on for a, a few weeks. I, don't, no. I think it was I think it was Vertigo was the last time you were on. It was, it was. Um, and now I'm back. I'm back for it. Yeah. She's back. Uh, so who are you, Kate, and what do you do? Um, so my name is Kate. Uh, I... <laughs> Don't know why I did that voice. Hello. Um, I work in sort of children's theatre. So I do like a lot of puppet shows and stuff like that. Go over WA doing that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, uh, that's that's me. And I like Tim Tams. You like Tim Tams. Yes. Well, and who the honey Maltesers. Yeah, the honeycomb Maltesers. Honeycomb Maltesers. They are tonight's uh, film snacks, by they the way. They are Tim Tams, peanut yeah. M&Ms, Maltesers, mm. the honeycomb. All the food groups. It's... Hashtag not an ad. Uh, <laughs> Although, I, I will... if, if they would like to sponsor us, you are most welcome, yeah, Nestle. And, and also, if you haven't tried the honeycomb Maltesers, mm. actually try them. I brought them in for the Back to the Future review. Mm. We were talking about it, and it was on sale, and I got it, and I was like, Ugh. and then I ate it, and it was bloody delicious. I, it's like honey, if you like um red, you know the, what is it, violet? Violet, um, violet crumble? Violet crumble. Right, yeah. Mm. It's like that classic... Is that an Australian chocolate? I don't know. It's mostly an Australian chocolate. It's mostly chocolate. in Australia, but it's... Okay, well mm. then, if there's international listens, I don't know, it's like a crunchy, but... It is like a country. Uh, a crunchy, crunchy, but crunchy, but more better. country. Country mm. crunchy. Country mm. crunchy. Yep. My name's Kate. Nice to listen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Nice that you're listening. Nice to listen. Excellent. So, Kate. Yes. You have not seen My Neighbor Totoro. No, I haven't. I The only thing that I know is the picture of the big fat cat mm. holding an umbrella with a girl underneath it. And I think that's from this movie. It is, yes. Okay. So the only things that I've sort of watched on Studio Ghibli is like House Moving Castle, Spirited Away, and... On an okay? 
Yeah, the wolf one. Yeah. Yeah, I, and also care. the one with the sand bugs. The big sand... There's a big sand monsters. It's from the 80s or whatever. Okay. And they come in the sand and they're like... And she flies on a thing that's very similar to the thing from Howl's Moving Castle. And she's okay. like a short... I don't know. It was... I can't... I'm sure we'll get lots of people yeah. writing in uh, yeah, saying what that one is. But I've mm. never watched this one and I don't know anything about... About it. Okay, so. it's interesting because uh, obviously this is a Miyazaki film. Uh, the the essentially the Japanese Walt Disney. This is often considered the first sort of big Miyazaki film. Essentially mm. the, the debut of the Studio Ghibli um, okay. brand. And uh, Totoro, the uh, large cat with the umbrella, is essentially their Mickey Mouse. I've seen mm. it everywhere. So that's the yeah. thing. Like I know, is it a? But is it a cat? You'll you'll just have to watch Ooh, to find out. Okay, but I have seen it everywhere, and I've always gone. Oh, mm. it's the cat with the umbrella and. Ooh, so I'm excited. Yeah. Well, joining us as our guest who has seen the film and knows exactly what Totoro is, it's Andrew David, everybody. It is, hello. It's been a while, Andrew. It has been. I think last time it was the three of us again in this room. <gasps> for... Was it the thing? No, it was um, uh, the castle. castle. Yeah. yeah. So this is um, three for three. Three for three. Yeah. Oh. We should do the three amigos purely just because... It's what we've been it's doing. It's what we've been doing. Sure. I, I just realised we should have done Howl's Moving Castle to continue the castle theme from oh. last time. Oh. Oh. Well, we messed that one up, didn't we? That's, yeah. that's alright. Uh, Andrew, who are you and what do you do? Uh, my name is Andrew David and I am a special effects workshop assistant for a company called Traumasim. We do blood and guts and all that fun stuff for medical training. Hmm. And I also do local stuff in theatre and a bit of film. Yes, uh, yes, very talented local Foley artist. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and um, you have seen Totoro. I have. It was a long time ago, though, mm. so I don't remember much of the film. Mm. Um, I remember like the beats of the film, and like I remember imagery more than anything. Mm. And so I, it'll be. I, I think that's fairly common for Miyazaki films. Yes. When yeah. I think back to the ones that I've seen, which. Apparently, Kate and I, we, we've had no crossover because I haven't seen Spirited Away or Howl's Moving Castle. Oh, what? But I've seen yeah. uh, like Kiki's Delivery Service. I did watch that recently. Oh, mm-hmm. I yes. did watch that recently. I really liked that. It bit of, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, Poco Rosso, uh, Lapida, mm-hmm. um, ones like that. Yeah. And um, I, I have seen My Neighbor Totoro. Um, and I think, yeah, when I think of the Miyazaki films, it, it, it is those visuals. It is this wonderful... It, it, it's almost like a warm embrace on the screen. Yeah, like every, no, everything is very mean. pleasant. Mm. It, it's definitely it's a very whimsical film. Mm. Um, that's probably the best word I can think of to describe it. It's mm. kind of I don't know Narnia esque in a way in some aspects of it. Uh, coming of age story. Um, that's like a lot of his work. Yeah, but, but some like of them do get aspect. darker. Mm. This one doesn't really yes. tread on that that darkness. Well, that was the thing. The first one I ever watched was that that. Uh, Princess Mononoke, Princess Mononoke yeah. which and is very dark. That's very dark. Mm-hmm. And then the Sand Grouper one. It's they're not Sand Grouper, but it's they it's has something to do with conservation and like war and stuff. And I again like uh, yeah. the, it's the shots. So a lot of the time there'd be movies that I didn't realize they were the same company. Mm. And I'd have like imagery of the wolf um, running and the quick like shots and her in her outfit. And I'm yeah. going, oh, and I'd always try to go. You know that movie with the wolf and the the woman and and it took until I was an adult too. Would this be uh, Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind? Yes, that's the sand one. Yeah, that's the sand one. It's that's good. That's mm. a very like war. Okay, Again, I haven't quite seen dark, that one. Sort of semi dark one as well. It's, it's an early one. I think it's like eighties. It, it is one of the early ones. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. And yeah, I mean, this particular one we're going to watch today is is thirty years old or turning thirty. Oh, wow. wow. So yeah, it's you know I mean, Miyazaki has um, helped 
uh, establish himself as like as, as an animation auteur and obviously studio ghibli mm-hmm. um have very much become um one of the main animation studios in the world yeah mm-hmm. and a lot of people do trace it back to this original film this this my neighbor totoro um as being sort of the important starting point and from from my experience before we jump into it I, I seem to remember i seem to remember thinking that this one was a bit not lackluster but just a little bit um it, it just wasn't quite as as magical i guess as some of the other ones but i don't know if it's because i didn't see this one first yeah no i know what you mean this movie things kind of just happen uh, it, from what I can recall, and we might be corrected very soon, there's not really a huge driving force behind the plot. Mm. It's kind of you're following this family and these whimsical things that happen to them. Yeah, it it almost feels as though this film is more of like a proof of concept for the Studio Ghibli brand. Yeah, except from memory, but I mean, it could be wrong. You guys are really selling this movie. <laughs> you're gonna have <laughs> it. It is very time. enjoyable though, <laughs> and yeah, look, it's it's very highly rated. It's got a ninety four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. Like Damn. it's it is um all all the critical uh, like um algorithms have it at least at like eight and a half generally Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. it is a film that people really really like um it's just that i I think yeah it's just an interesting one i suppose it's a bit like watching disney films from the 90s and then going back to snow white snow white is still a good film but it just lacks uh some of the elements that we're more used to with things like aladdin or it doesn't have as much of the structure yeah yeah we are watching the um the sub no the dub today yes that's what we had on hand that is that is an important point yes and uh it is um done by walt disney Mm. Mm. yeah oh yeah they were doing that with um uh they did that with uh house moving castle Mm. as well yeah Yeah. which i think is really good that they've done so westerners can actually get it and and get the full experience i'm not like saying that but i i think i don't know like they're two very different companies, but they're very the same at the same time. Mm. There's I... a, there's a lot of common threads, which I'm sure we can get into in the mm-hmm. in the post movie chat, a- along yes. with our uh, sub versus dub. Yeah, uh, so we'll argument. have that discussion for sure. Yes, <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, last week was a subtitled film, so it's dubbing's term this week. We have the 2005 dubbed version for those of you playing along at home with uh, Dakota Fanning as one of the main voices. Oh wow, she would have been like the child, which would make sense. Cause... Yes, I think she was 11 when this one was yeah. released. Uh, but shall we jump into it? Sure. Let do. Okay, folks, pop in your DVDs, grab your nearest Susu Watari, and prepare to watch My Neighbor Totoro. Hello, everybody. Stephen Platt here, just letting you know about another up and coming project from Thought Jar Productions. It's called Atlantis. It's a science fiction radio play series that's being staged in Perth, Western Australia, between August the 21st and October the 4th. If you're a fan of comedies such as Red Dwarf, Black Adder, and Black Books, and also a fan of science fiction properties such as Doctor Who and Star Trek, then think of all of those things mashed up and set in an underwater city. That is Atlantis. If you live in the Perth area and would like to come along, please visit atlantisradioplay.com. It's going to be a very exciting and fun series, and I think that you'll all enjoy it. And for those of you listening outside of the Perth area, whether that's somewhere else in Australia or indeed international, 
you're not going to be left out either. Because it's a radio play, all of the performances are going to be recorded live and then redistributed as audiobooks here on the internet. So if you'd like to listen into the show, you can also get information at the following website, atlantisradioplay.com. And of course, make sure that you like the Thought Jar Productions Facebook page. There'll be updates there too. And now, back to the podcast. That's right, folks. We have just finished watching My Neighbor Totoro, and all of us are singing the theme tune. And by all of us, that's Kate Willoughby and Andrew Davies. Hello! So, guys, what did we think of My Neighbor Totoro? Let's start with you, Kate. This was your first time watching the film. Yeah, I really liked it. I was laughing the whole way through out of, like, cuteness. Um, Very, very cute. Very, very cute. The every writer and every animator has clearly got children, um, like because it, yeah, I think it does such a really good job of like capturing childhood, like in such like a real way, like how everyone acts and like the first shot, like when they're moving, like it's so exciting that they're get to hide in the back of a truck like in the moving thing and they're like oh but we have to hide if the police are there and like i actually remember moving and my dad packing up his ute and us hiding in the the crescent of stuff but oh, he, really? wouldn't, he wouldn't let us drive in it but yeah. he, we were like oh so yeah um and going like oh wow it has a bridge and then you just we look and there's like there's a, a bottle a in bottle there in and... there and then they go to the house and it's Clearly, it needs a lot of renovations, but they see it as like, wow, this is so cool. So you're seeing the world from a child's perspective. And I think it's very, it's done really, really mm. well. So as an adult, looking now at children, I work with children a lot, mm. like a lot, especially like the age range of May and, you know, all that so, kind so of So sort of like four or five-year-olds. Four or five-year-olds, quite a lot. Um, all age ranges, like go up to high school and stuff. But like, you know, doing enough kindy shows and seeing May, I was like, just so on point. I was like, oh my God, they're so cute. Um, mm. It was really good. I mm. liked it. Yeah. Mm. Andrew, this was your first time watching it in a long time. Yes. How, years. how was it? It was really emotional. Um, I really got invested and I was holding back tears when <gasps> Satsuki starts breaking down. Oh, yeah, um, me too. Yeah, yeah. I just, it felt so real and earned because mm. she's yeah. like putting on such a brave face and it made me think of like, uh, like I've had friends um, who've passed away in the past mm. and mm. makes me think about how like you're trying to be strong for other people and then because she has that moment she doesn't think May is there right and um and just like like I was saying before the childhood whimsy mm. it's just it's a very impactful film it is yeah I I, I mean I must admit um I didn't have a strong and emotional reaction mm. but I was definitely engaged with the film like I was even though I knew what was going to happen it's it's been about a decade for me. So I knew ultimately that, you know, it wasn't like some sort of weird Ruby Moon twisted thing at the end where it was yeah. like, oh, or as you were saying, Bridge of Terabithia thing. Yeah. Where it's like... I was like, because it hit a point where I was like, first of all, their opening shots, like when they go to the house and everything, I was like, this is literally how every white person horror movie starts. Mm. Um, 
But the kids, but Stephen, you pointed out, you're like, yeah, but we like the kids. They're really making sure that we like the kids and there's whimsical music because them going into a dark room mm. with like these black things, but mm. then there's like whimsy music in the background. I was like, you change that music. This is a horror movie. This is like, yeah, this changes the sound effects on the music. Uh, this is it yeah. meets the grudge or whatever. Like, it, you know, so um, it went so halfway through the movie, especially at the mum part, and then when May ran away. And then they were like, they found a shoe. And I was like, if this is a bloody Bridge to Terabithia movie <laughs> where you think, oh, yeah, it's great. And then all of a sudden it's like, this is all a metaphor for the death of her sister. Like, you know, I, yeah, I, I, I was pretty sure nothing happened to May. But I, like throughout the film, I started second guessing myself. Yeah. And I was like, did something happen to the dad? I don't think something happens to the dad. And then the rest of the ride, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. Yeah. yeah. I mean, ultimately, this is a film where kind of not a lot happens no it, it realistically i mean I, I was taking notes on the plot and it's family moves to new neighborhood uh meet people get settled in children find a mythical troll-like creature called totoro totoro shows them the wonders of nature mm. one of the kids argues with the other kid uh may runs away they search for her they find her that's about it. Yeah. It's, it's like it, there isn't a lot that happens in that sense. No. But what I think this film does really well is it just paints. It, it's more showing you, I suppose, like a lifestyle or showing you like the atmosphere of the place as opposed to like events. Mm. No, it's all yeah. about the, the atmosphere and the characters involved. Not so much. Here's a crazy, extravagant journey they go on. It's yeah. like, here's some very real people in a real situation mm. with a little bit of the fantastical on it, and here's the yeah, journey which, they go on. To be honest, is quite different from a lot of the other Miyazaki, which I've been exposed to. You look at something like mm. Lapida, which is about, like, castles in the sky, or... Yeah, Mononoke, which is just... Mm. It's like a... It's an epic fantasy story, almost. Yeah. It, it is interesting seeing this tale back version, and that might be partly why, I think, when I first saw this film, I was a bit... Oh, is is that it? Because yeah. it, it, because I was used to them being like rip roaring, thrilling adventures. I mean, even something like Kiki's Delivery Service, which is is quite domestic, mm. it's still like a, a a kid who's a witch who's flying yes. around on a broom, and Phil Hartman is the is the cat. Yeah, it's, it's that kind of thing. It's um, but the thing that I think watching this um as a as as an older audience member from because I would have been like eighteen, nineteen last time I watched this. I think it is that that demonstration of domestic life and and showing what the life is like in this kind of timeless Japanese oh, yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. I was like, it felt time. I was like, it's it's showing. As I said that, though, someone was like a telegram. I was like, oh no, I just said it was timeless. Um, yeah. But it does a really good job of you could show it now, and mm. I think. Uh, other than the phone scene that you see when they're at that house, mm. you could sort of go, well, what era is this? Is it the eighties? Is it like, is it just, is it like a couple of years after World War Two? Especially because it it's like, so rural, like so the rural, technology yeah. is further behind often, yeah. so it's hard to tell exactly when it is. I mean, yeah. instinctively for for me, because this film is partly based on Miyazaki's own childhood. I would probably say that you are looking at that sort of post-war era. Mm. And I sometimes got that vibe, like the hat that the younger boy wore, the clothes that the dad... Like, that's why, like, in animation, sometimes, like, 40s, 50s to the 80s, a lot of the time their fashion can look relatively similar mm. in a lot of... I've noticed in the animation mm. of, like, a lot of mm. their movies. It's, like, very, like... 
it could it was made in the 80s but the, a lot of the artists are inspired by the 50s yeah and 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 so it makes it sort of timeless and they do avoid a lot of technology mm. for a lot of it unless you, you only had the telegram and the phone call because it was a plot thing that needed to happen yeah, yeah. if they don't need technology they don't really they don't show it in the in no because aside from that there's basically just the bus and the car yeah, it's pretty much so yeah. you know, we know there's cars, we know there's bicycles, so we know it's you know 20th century because they've got automobiles. And given the fact that obviously there isn't the presence of war or hard times, it makes me think that it's more a reflection of like the late 50s, early 60s mm. in Japan, when you know similarly to lots of other places, the country had finally sort of rebuilt to an extent. It yeah. had gotten back to back to a better way of living and it's just delightful i mean that that's the main thing though it's like even though we, we're seeing things where it's like oh they're fascinated by this bridge but there's just like a, a an empty bottle yes. in some water it looks beautiful and, and you feel for them as well yeah it's putting well, you back in that mindset of being a child well, just running thing, around the whole, in the yard the whole movie is a child's perspective um perspective on mm. um on everything and i think that's what makes it you know you're seeing you know what the children see like the beauty of like the little things because kids take time like i have memories of my childhood of staring at just something for ages but yeah. i don't think a lot of adults do that anymore so yeah. like taking the time for those shots might you know i think adds to the atmosphere helps show that time has passed yeah but you know for the kids waiting for their dad's bus they might feel like oh that time was forever mm. but realistically it might have just been 20 minutes 30 minutes yeah because it like, feels like hours and hours but, it feels but you like don't hours, know but realistically as and kids i really liked how they took the time to set up the family and the location before anything else yeah. like you don't see totoro until like the middle of the film yeah. and before that you just see the soot sprites and uh even then it's 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 important, but they're not major. Yeah. So it's just, here's a family and their new domestic life, plus a little bit yeah. of the fantastical until here, we Here they are up. meeting Granny. Here they are meeting, um, uh, the, you know, all the neighbours. Mm. And yeah. then the actual... I was going to say the actual story, but, I mean, that is the story. The story yeah. is about a, new, a family who are moving into a new neighbourhood. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's it. It well, doesn't yeah. need to be anything else. Because more. it's not like... it, And it's not cold... The fantastical beast in the in the forest, Totoro. It's my neighbor, Totoro. It's just another member of the community. Yeah, Kate, what did you think of Totoro? Um, well, when I first saw it, like when he was laying down, it reminded me of like a wombat cross with a koala, mm. like just with the fur texture and the face, like when it was laying down, like if a koala wombat but had a smaller nose, like yeah. it didn't have the big nose. Um. It had, like, human teeth. Like, it reminded me of, like, I don't know, like an old man at the same time. <laughs> and all of the magical creatures have, like, as an adult, very disconcerting smiles. Like, real, And that's, what again, what I liked because I, I'm a grown-up watching the movie, seeing, well, that's dangerous. Oh, this little girl's running off by herself. How has her father... Not known as that is the daughter has gone missing, mm. but then for like a child, it's sort of going like, oh, I'm not scared of this giant furry monster. No, I'm going to climb on it and hug it, mm. and I don't find this smile disconcerting. Yeah, anytime they're with Totoro or the the cat bus, and you just see the smile, and you're like, and they're eaten. Yeah, that's yeah. what we kept saying because, like, in our adult mind, we go, that's disconcerting. While for a child, seeing something and just sort of pure acceptance of going oh but wow this is magical this is great i really liked it because it kind of felt like 
they are they're loving creatures it seems mm. like but they are forces of nature yeah they're, they're so there is we don't see it but there it feels like there's a darker more chaotic side to them possibly yeah, yeah. and I, but i also quite like the fact that everything that they did was um was explained as being like when the cat bus moved it was it was wind so the like, of wind or like but also doing the explanations of like you know when you're walking and you see like drops of water in the pond at random or like birds fly off like mm. in that shot it was like oh we're explaining you in a magical way like when mm. adults when you walk past and a gust of wind or something happens you sort yeah. of or like when all the water falls from a tree quickly yeah. like it's because, because it's spirits just mucking around in the forest around. Yeah. Yeah. yeah i quite liked how that was emphasized by the dad who by the way i i haven't been ranking dads across films I, no, he's definitely dad. number he's one, one though. Of, like the best dads yeah i like i'm trying to think of all the films we've done so far and uh yeah i think um the thing he's is, definitely in the top 10 yeah that's the thing like they could have if the thing is is that if it wasn't a dad and it was the mum the dad wouldn't have been in the picture. There wouldn't have been a sick mother in a hospital. It would have just been a mother and her children. Like, and, yeah. the, and the dad would have left or died. Like, it would have been like that. She's a single mother. But what was really cool with the dad was you didn't get the establishment that the mum was sick until, you know, 10 or so minutes into the movie. So it when was even st- longer than that. So you're longer. not even sure she's I in the picture. In, I, I just assumed that she wasn't in the picture. But what was really cool... Like a classic Disney film. Like a classic Disney yeah. movie, yeah. But what was great was that he was loving, he was, like, helping, getting the kids to help out in ways that were really good. Like, he goes, oh, well, the staircase has gone missing. Can Mm. you find it and open the windows for me? And getting the kids to, you know, and helping them, like, when they were feeling scared or when they were doing this. And even the simple shot of him in the bath Mm. with his daughters, Mm. right? So they got the shot where, obviously, they do the whole, like, cover their private parts and, like, you know... But, but not it, in a sexual way. But, it's not, just, in a, but yeah. not in a sexual way, but just having like a dad in the bath with his two daughters and yeah. like and when they felt scared, him just like we're gonna laugh and we're you know, to make us not feel scared anymore. And yeah, and he I was think a great dad. He was. And I think the thing that makes you connect with with the father and with Setsuki and with May is the fact that we see them have these these very personal moments. Like mm. it's not often that we depict um families bathing together in, yeah. in no. films just in general families do do that they it, do it yeah, yeah yeah it's like when you've got really you know little kids like you're gonna be jumping in there with them making them clean because you know that's that's what that's what you do and i think showing that personal moment also at a time of like change as well because mm. they've just moved to this new house obviously uh the mum's not there because she's still at the hospital yeah, he shares um, a room with them, like, but, their first night. Yeah, so, like, yeah. seeing those those moments, and I, I think is what makes you connect with them very early on, along with the innocence of, of, of them being children, mm. you know, with, with Satsuke being a, a 10-year-old and, and May being four, and also the physical differences between them. Yeah, um, how they run and interact and her yeah. following her little sister and copying <laughs> everything. Yeah. Adorable, totally yeah. relate. And, and on the dad, it... His character goes a lot deeper because we find out they only moved to that part of the countryside because he saw the tree, hmm. and he was like, "When he's like, when I saw the tree, I, I think he says, I knew this is where we needed to be because it'll watch over us, mm-hmm. and so that makes a weird connection between him and Totoro, even yeah. though they never meet, and everything yeah. he says about the spirits is true. Hmm. So yeah, so whether it's the the spirits are real or whether it's the children's imagination, yeah. it's like it's like a that's why. 
you know, I could put it this way. I see Totoro as like a like a male. I don't know, like it, yeah, like yeah, maybe their father sort of. And, and like Ian, over. same with Granny, because she says the soot sprites will leave once the house is a home, and as soon as they're laughing and having a good time and a, and a family in the home, they leave. Yeah. And then mm. the dad says the spirits will only show themselves if they feel they need to or they want to, and then that's exactly how they behave throughout the rest of the film. Yeah, yeah. I have a note here that just says that Kate likes May. because throughout this film i think may definitely is the character that is kind of the scene stealing character yeah um but you really liked this this four-year-old character i just think that they i just honestly think they nailed a child like yeah like Mm. a just how she ran how she moved she sort of had that sort of whimsy thing that i just completely understand and also like i like my sister and i like there's about there's a two and a half year age gap so we grew up together and i was the older one so them interacting and running around was just like totally on point and also us living in queensland we had like a lot of bush and moving a lot so that sign of like finding that magic like and you know the tree bush and everything like that but may was done so well i think the they yeah and i in my head i was like the writers they have they have children yeah. and they and there's you can see love like the uh, cold child like innocence it's so on point i just couldn't get over how real <laughs> she was i was like because mm. a lot of movies with kids they just don't it's like it's like the writers forget what a child is i don't yeah. know like a lot of other movies when they're kids it's like we we were allowed time to see them play yeah and play is such a big part of childhood yeah, and it's something that you don't necessarily get to see as part of films because the way that we tend to tell films, even films that are children's films, are three act structure. And it's mm. like you've got your beginning, you set up what everything is in twenty minutes. If your middle bit of the adventure, problem to solve, big conclusion. Yeah, and generally they also tend to be a fantastical element that makes for big visual set pieces. So. Uh, the one that came to mind, arguably because it's got a lot of Japanese influences, is something like Big Hero 6, yeah. which obviously is, um, you know, opening 20 minutes, we establish the character and the setting. We establish that... I think it's because 6 is essentially a Totoro-shaped Bay- Baymax is very much Bay- like yeah, yeah, sorry, Totoro. Yeah. Very similar yeah. design. It's like a yeah. big, soft guardian. Yes. Um, and But obviously in that film, that's about, like, a robot who can transform and, like, shoot rockets occasionally yeah. and things like that. We never had anything like that with this film. The closest you get is the fact that the cat bus, which to anyone who lives in Perth is fantastic, yeah. but it's yeah. called the cat bus. <laughs> um, uh, can I just say that they really should, for the cat buses, for one time to celebrate... Studio Ghibli or whatever, if there was anything Studio Ghibli coming to Perth, mm. they should get all up. the cat buses mm. and print them like those cats and do the colours. So the yeah. yellow cat, the red cat, the blue cat. Oh, that'd be great. Same design. It would be the best marketing plan ever. Mm. They totally should yep. they totally yeah. should do that. For um, our international listeners, uh, around the Perth metropolitan area, there are a number of buses that are uh, they're free to get on, aren't they? they? They're the ones free. you can get on and off for free. Yeah, yeah. They, they go around the Perth metro area and they're called cat buses. Uh, but unfortunately, they don't have 10 to 12 legs or headlight eyes. Um, but yeah, it, but the design of those buses was, was lovely. Mm. And it was like the way it just sort of opened up a, a to accommodate side yeah it yeah. would go like and that little sound effect on it was great yeah and it was it was it was just lovely like you said it was it was packed full of whimsy like yes. even even the toad that sees them at the bus stop it's like what a charming Mah. toad and it's yeah. just and it's just and then you get a one weird close-up on the toad as they leave and it's like that's fine 
it's yeah. nature yeah yeah and that's yeah i really like that mm. and yeah i do and i just love that it's really just from the kids perspective so like her, the mum's sick why is she sick? You don't need to know because when you're a kid, mm. they don't go into big mm. details. Yeah. You never just... see what the dad's actually working and on or what his see... job is. Yeah, and the well, only time you yeah. see him stressed is like, which again I like, is that you see all the paperwork and everything like that and you see that one moment where he's writing and he just puts his hand through his hair and as an adult, you're like, oh, he is... Been there. He is stressed. And then, the yeah. ki- and then May comes and puts flowers on his thing and he lightens up completely. So you're seeing him as a dad from the kid's perspective mm. while also you get an insight into, you know, the fact that he does need that bit of extra help. Like, again, I found it so hilarious when May was like, open the doors and the kids were like, it's it's daytime. And the dad's like in bed. No, going, oh. And then May yet. like jumps on him. So real. <laughs> my sister and I did that to our parents all the time. By my, I mean, my sister mostly. She'd wake <laughs> up at like 5am or whatever. And then my mom, she'd go, mom, it's... It's morning, mum, dad. It's morning, and they're like, "Go back to bed. Nobody's up." And without a beat, she went, "The birds are up." Like that kind <laughs> of like, as a kid, you're like, mm-hmm. "It's time to do stuff." So, yeah, yeah it was really good. It's really well, sweet. I mean, that's the thing. As a child, it's genuinely, well, generally, sorry, exciting to be up and mm. and able to do things, and like everything is new. And I think. Like, the fact that the, these kids basically ran everywhere was a big thing. I, I, I watched, like, particularly Satsuke running, and it made me oh, go... She just kept going and going and yeah. going. Kids and, do that. They keep it, going. But it made yeah. me realise how much I ran as a child, looking yeah. at it. I was like, I used to run around like that when I was growing up back in the UK. I mean, generally not in a yellow dress, but, but yeah, I was, <laughs> I've just remembered, like, when... Because I was in, like, a semi-rural area um, as well. You just run mm. to... Um, you know, like a couple of roads over to where your friend's house is, because if you didn't have the bike, the quickest way there was running. It was running. Yeah. Because that and was where the things were. You had to yeah. go and get to the things. Exactly. Yeah. And it was just, and I really enjoyed how the animation sort of made it look super realistic, but at the same time, like an exaggeration. Yeah. yeah. Because whenever any of the characters were running, whenever it was her or whether it was um, Canter, when when they were running, they were they, it was almost like their legs got twice as long. Yeah. Um, and they didn't proportionally. I think it was more just the angle that we were looking at them running from. But that sense of movement through the space, mm. you do have to sit there and occasionally go, this is a 2D image. Like, this is a yeah. flat image. And it never felt like that at any yeah. point. No, it all felt very... You felt like you were in it all the time. Yeah. yeah. You felt like you were living in that world and, and even the kids, how they moved or getting dirt on them as well. Like, like having the, the, the dirt, dirt on, on the knees, knees especially. And, um, which yeah. also, side note, on the house moving thing, I was just thinking like about how you actually get to see the kids play. In any other movie, right, especially Western ones because that's really only where I have to go off, okay, insert new house. They rock up, shot of the house. The youngest kid, generally if they have a dog or something – or like a youngest kid will go out and they'll run like it normally would. run off into the field right? or run around to see the house. You don't follow the kid. Shot of grown ups, arm around their shoulder, looking at the new place. Oh, this is gonna be it. Insert a teenager with headphones, the oldest si- sibling going, "Oh, I hate I it. Everything move. sucks." Ugh. And they walk in. They go, "Oh no!" In now next shot, them in the house. That younger kid runs past. 
I want that room. And they run up the stairs, right? And like they, they knock over the They their knock up and they go, oh, well, 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 hey there, kiddo, hey there. Because it's always a boy. Mm-hmm. It's always a younger boy and an older girl. Um, You know, or they swap it. It's always one of those yeah. things. Uh, yeah. And it, you never see the, the... But for this one, they were like, no, 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 the dad is the side shot. You mm. follow the kids around. Yeah, he's off doing something else miss, in the house. They'll look and out exploring. the window and you'll see him moving something. Mm. Yeah. Um, So I, I really like, again, it was... I, it was it's great because we, we were exploring the house as they were exploring the house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, I, I really like the fact that because it was all told from the kids' perspective. When we first see Granny, which is when May yeah. sees her, oh, I <laughs> love like, it. Ah! She just screamed and because, ran away. Because yeah. you know, your initial thing is you know an old lady with a big wart on her face like that. Even other Studio Ghibli films, they're witches. Yeah, yeah. and then and it's not. Oh, she's not a witch. Um, you know, this is not some weird like semi-oppression of elder independent females that came through Western society. And, you know, that's where the witch culture came from yeah. because we can't have strong independent women. No, it was just she looked older. She was just an older yeah. woman. Yeah, and, and the, had a kind of scary face. But the thing is, is that you had the close-up of how May, May would have from seen the her. ground up. So and, like, and then her yeah. running and then her scene again. And kids do that all the time and hide yeah. behind. Because the same with the goat when she was like, you can't have my corn. This is for my mum. the goat looked terrifying. And the goat looked yeah. terrifying. Yeah. And then I remembered when that shot was happening, it made me think back to go, yeah, when you're that high, things are terrifying. Mm. Like, you know, like if you see a bigger woman and she wants to give you a hug, you mm. go, why won't you hug your auntie? And then you have to think. They're tiny. They're looking up. They're just seeing like rolls and a giant <laughs> and like a, three chins and like hair. And you're like, ah, you know, so you can, you start to see like from the world, yeah. like, mm. and that's again, like when they were hugging and the cat bus, like their eye, the eyes looking in mm. or like everyone sort of had to cater to their space of how like, you know, everything was from their perspective a lot. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was just lovely. Mm. And it, it just, yeah, it captured that innocence of childhood. Yeah. Uh, that sort of playful nature. I think t- the fact that Totoro obviously doesn't speak, just kind of goes, just, just makes, just generally makes like these roaring noises. Yeah, but never, never felt scary, even with a giant gaping mouth. No, he just felt like that's his natural state of being. Um, yeah. his excitement for that umbrella, though, I oh. lived for that. Yeah. I love that. He was like, "Here's a new toy I get to play with." Yeah, and then he stopped the rain by doing that. He's like, "I'm gonna jump," and then yeah. all the rain stopped. I thought that was. I thought it was really good. Yeah. And at that point, Satsuki was scared somewhat. Yeah. Like this giant creature was jumping around doing stuff and that felt very real as well. Yeah. 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 I think one of the things that just stands out though is that this film really respects everything within the world. Yeah. There was never any point where anything felt like it was there just to be made fun of. Mm. Like even like the goat being a little bit scary and wanting the corn, goats eat stuff. Like that, that just felt... Um, yeah, there was no villain, right. and yeah. even the dad establishing it, he goes, you know, oh, this tree is so old that it's when yeah. when humans and and trees used to be friends, like that yeah. kind of. You, Which is a very big theme that runs through a lot of the Miyazaki films. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you've got even like uh, Kanta, who was a little bit antagonistic towards uh, Satsuke, but never mm. you felt like out of out of basically being a dick like it was he didn't know how to act he just didn't know how to act yeah it's that typical thing of like oh you know a boy sees a girl and doesn't know how to act so it's like it's the first girl he's sort of ever met like even though it's not it's like i don't know yeah yeah uh yeah and and that's because miyazaki's got on the record as saying it's very important for him to show friendship between platonic friendship between uh, males and females especially children so Mm. this is like again a beginning of like a theme that you see throughout a lot of the films where it's just platonic 
male female friendship yeah. and how important and, that is to the character. And by the end of the film, that's they what they friends. have. Mm. Yeah, and you know he's he's a bit more sure of of her now, and they're able to talk openly. But also, like he got hit on the head a couple of times. But he got hit <laughs> on the head by his teacher at one point for essentially daydreaming. And you're expecting, like, the teacher, obviously, is is a sort of larger framed woman. And Which, as, again, they did it from his angle. Yeah, but as the camera pans up and you're thinking, oh, this is going to be a mean teacher. No, perfectly friendly looking lady. She's just like, She's kid, like, stop you gotta... being a bit of a tosser. Okay, yeah, that little smile, like, stop looking at that girl or you're looking out the window. Yeah. Like, yeah. stop it. Like, like you're, there was no, there were no villains. Yeah. Was, no. And I think that was part of, again, it, it was part of what just made this such a, a pleasant, watch and i think pleasant yeah. is the word and and because mm. the only real conflict was the fact that their mother was sick but that never really came to a head in a in a dramatic fashion that itself it was kind of the catalyst for the actions of the other characters throughout the film it wasn't the mother is sick the mother is getting worse the mother is dead woe is us yeah it was um kids reacting to their mother being sick and the end credits show us that the mum gets to come home yeah, yeah and they have um, another baby yeah, yeah, you see like a little baby there. Yeah, which I thought was really yes. cute. It was also good to see like um, a married couple have like a healthy relationship, even through like, the hardship. Even yeah. through hardship, and he like, and they even say that. So it was cool to see like the hospital scene where, again, maybe they really saw that, or maybe it was imaginary for the kids. You know, because the dialogue between them was very something that I don't know. I think a kid would sort of hear like, oh, True. I'm gonna make sure that. You know, see all the kids while also... I'm going to get better as soon as I can. Yeah, and I'm going to spoil those kids. Like, very, like, something for children of mm. maybe how they envision grown-ups to talk. So whether they were actually there or not. But uh, seeing the two parents, like, just having that time together, mm. I thought was was really... You saw a loving relationship, even, even though they didn't have a lot of screen time together. No. Could that discussion also partly be... A translation uh, issue because we were watching a dubbed version, not yes. a subtitle. Yeah, version. and yeah, you you lose a lot of context. Not only, but one watching it in the original language with subtitles, you lose context, and then lose you lose more context when you change the words completely. Because they also um, have to make sure they fit the sentence to fit the mouth. They do do so, a bit of editing so, for that as well. So though. they'll edit and go like, oh, like oh, they know that she's sad here. So when she's crying and her mouth is covered, maybe we'll add some extra dialogue just. Mm. You know, uh, and all. And like, there were some points I noticed where it didn't quite sync up. Yeah. But you could forgive that. That was fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I think it did a really. Mm. I think a re- compare, like comparing that to, say, How's Moving Castle, you can see the transition of how they how they managed to sort of figure out the dubbing mm. more. Mm. Um, but I think it, it, it. Yeah, it was really good, but you would lose a lot of context. Yeah. Do you have a preference for subtitles versus dubbing, Kate? Um. I don't mind both. I've ne- that being said, I've never watched House Moving Castle with the original. Um, oh, so not in the original. I've only watched it dubbed. I've okay. never watched it with um, its original cast. Mm. Um, and so I think it's one of those things where, like, if I had watched it, I think I would have enjoyed it still. Yeah. I think some of it would have been lost though, because the animation is so much about the landscapes and sort of what you're seeing. Mm. Sometimes you can lose a bit when you're reading yeah that's exactly the same feeling i have Mm. for something as beautiful as this Mm. um last week we did cinema paradiso and it was subtitled and even though that is a very well shot film it's you know it's it's not a um it's not a feast for the eyes in the same way that something like an animation can be and i feel as though 
I, I feel as though subtitles for this version, for me at least, would have been a shame in a sense because yeah. you would have lost some wonderful little moments. Mostly things like insects moving yeah, around, in butterflies. Yeah, butterflies, just little animated animation little details. Shots. And also, yeah. this is a it's a family movie. So I think it's great that they dubbed it because it means you can show your children. Yeah. You know mm. what I mean? Like little kids can watch this and still in still enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, they don't have to be able to read. No. Yeah, they don't have to be able to read to watch the movie. Mm. Um that being said, like I I think it's changing, but I think there is a big issue of people not watching international movies because they're like, Oh, I have to read. I've gone to a cinema and I've watched a um Korean film mm. and they had the subtitles on the bottom. I loved the movie. I, I can't remember the name of it, but I, I loved the movie when I was mm. watching it and I still enjoyed the cinema experience. Yeah. And to be honest, I think it would be preferable if all movies and cinemas at least had subtitles or one cinema that had subtitles. So then, you know... If you've got, if you've hearing, got impairment. hearing impairments, yeah. you could still watch the movie. Yeah. Like, and um, there are cinemas that do like yeah. those specific screenings, but... You have to look I, out for them. You, you have to look yeah. out you do, for yeah. them. I think yeah. it's... Um, it's it's less common, and I I do also understand the fact though that like filmmakers generally don't make films to have subtitles. They're making yeah. an image to to be present to not have those words mm. uh, on the screen. What's really good is there are a lot of shots of no talking in this. So, yeah, and or things that you could watch that are, and again, like say for May, her movements are so that her movements are so childlike. All of their movements are so natural that. Mm. Any international audience could watch that and mm. understand what she's what like you yeah. know when she's crying or when she was upset that her dad and her sister laughed at her because she was you know because they thought it was cute that she was yeah. talking about that she'd seen the spirit mm. and her like looking down all the way like with yeah, her chin she, she... in like it's such a child move that anywhere around the world I think everyone would notice and know what how she's yeah she feeling. she goes quiet quite often and it's usually like. She's a kid and she doesn't know how to articulate how she's feeling, so yeah. she just doesn't bother trying to do it. And you feel that looking at her. Yeah. Um, my sister has a degree in Japanese, mm. and I grew up studying a bit of Japanese and under mostly under her tutelage. So I grew up watching Miyazaki films and anime, like lots of anime, and I was always, um, I grew up in subs. Uh, dubs because were not. She was watching it in the original Japanese. Yes. To help her study. Exactly. Right. And um, she generally found that. Uh, the voice acting was better and more true. Um, I yeah, I I do find that to be the case, uh, particularly with things like um, anime TV shows. Things yes, that have, for sure. Th- things which have been uh, adapted, let's say, without the care and attention that they no. maybe warrant. So things like um, uh, Naruto, for example. Yeah. My my sister and I Saturday morning. Yeah, we we anime. we used to watch things like that, and we found that. The voice acting on the on the Japanese dubs, even though ni- sorry Japanese with subtitles, even mm. though neither of us understood Japanese, you could feel the emotion. Yeah, more. it just yes. felt much more realistic but than I, what was offered for the English language. Uh, yeah, things like uh, Miyazaki films tend to be a lot higher quality when they're dubbed. Mm. Um, thankfully, like um, so, they're one of the ones that I I feel fine getting away with watching. Yeah. But I normally when I watch anime, I do watch it subbed. And we had the uh, Fanning sisters, Dakota and um, yeah, Ellie. Yeah, having the two sisters. It's good having sisters there. And mm. I wouldn't be so, you know, so that relationship, I think, worked really well. Yeah. Um, I like the dad. I think sometimes his, his voice put me off a bit somehow. Like, but the kids, the two girls mm. and granny were fine. 
I don't is, know, but something was. I don't know what is it was. Is it because it was quite American and it's not an American setting? I don't know. Like, mm. I just. It just sort of. It, I don't know what it was. Like, I, I enjoyed the dad's. I think his tone was really mm. nice. Like, like his, his his character it, was there, but every now and again, character was there, but every now and every now and again, there was a line that kind of just ran. Yeah, and, and it I was sounded like, like he almost like it might go back to the matching up with the animation issue. It might yeah. have been. I have to say it this quick to get it to fit. Yeah, yeah with this intonation. I, yeah, and I think like that sometimes sort of uh, put you off, which again would probably go with that sort of stereotype of when you're watching dubbed animation and then all of a mm. sudden, you know, there's always that scene where there's always one character that laughs and the laugh is huge. Mm. And when you're watching it, it's always like, line, line, line. <laughs> and you're watching TV and you're yeah. like, what are they but doing? But in this, it was never, but, it was noticeable, yeah. but it was never it, horrible. It was never horrible. But no. I think it was maybe the dad because he had to, there was just some, only a few times where, mm. I don't know, it didn't necessarily match. But the, the two girls, mm. no issue. Mm. I thought they, I think they both did a really good job yeah. of it. Yeah. Would you guys like some trivia about my neighbor Tosa? Absolutely. Uh, trivia me up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kate Willoughby can come with subtitles if required. I, yeah, I'm really sorry, everyone. <laughs> uh, I've had some chocolate, some Coke. I'm a bit... Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. Some... Oh. <laughs> 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 no, everybody else around the world calls Coca-Cola Coke, right? They do, but, you know, just... Some some words have multiple meanings. That's true. Sometimes you got to be clarified. I was, I was about to say, so I'm a bit buzzed, so I can understand mm. me going like, guys, I've yeah. had some coke. I'm a bit buzzed right now. I mean, now. she has been sniffing a lot. It's true. Oh, well, the hay fever tablets have been antihistamines. You're welcome. I was, okay, everyone, I was so itchy. Like, I had to stop myself itching my face before we were... There's a cat in the yes. house. We're recording in, in my house, house and there's a cat hanging Not around. Not a cat bus, just a regular Not, cat. Just a regular cat. But the cat bus probably aggravates it as well. It did. Can I, you imagine being in a cat bus and... Oh, I was watching that being like, cat, Kate and, would and be dying. Which, yeah. again, I always thought would be hilarious. Again, I kept just thinking seeing this movie as a horror movie sometimes because yeah. I'm just like, could you imagine, like, stepping in that cat bus and it's just blood? Just, like, stuff <laughs> dripping. Intestines and, everywhere. And, like, sitting there and, like, you have other people just going, La, 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 yeah. la, like and just not caring in a way it's no worse than some buses i've been on <laughs> yeah <laughs> probably an improvement yeah. uh, give uh, us some facts steven okay uh, this film is partly autobiographical when heo miyazaki and his brothers were children his mother suffered from spinal tuberculosis for nine years so she spent a lot of time hospitalized um, it is implied, yet never revealed, that Satsuki and May's mother also suffers from tuberculosis. Uh, he once said the film would have been too painful for him to make if the two protagonists had been boys instead of girls. Mm. Um, and I think maybe that's partly why this film feels so authentic, is because it is based on a real situation. Yeah. And a situation that Miyazaki himself was in as the child. Yeah, yeah you, so you get, you get that realistic family situation and then... That that because that's set up so well and based on so much truth, it leaves room to throw in the and, fantastical. And if it was such like a, you know, that's stuff that you remember. And I think you can always have, you know, some things that I guess imprint in your memory. And I think some of those shots or mm. some of those moments or I think are so essence to mm. childhood that I think it can only be from somebody who's lived it. You know, mm. like there I can have childhood memories where... You know, my sister and I did some baking, but we went under umbrellas and we're in towels. They all got wet and we had the the water, the sprinkler, you know, the one that went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'd have it over. So we'd be sitting and talking and it'd be like the light coming in from like our pink umbrellas and then hearing that and hearing the water 
hit the umbrella and mm-hmm. we'd be getting wet. And we would just spend hours like just sitting and it was like a secret cove thing. And I can remember it in my head so well. And there are so many shots in that movie where you're like, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a memory for him, like of going, I remember this specific yeah. pond. Yeah. I remember this specific and putting it in there and yeah. it feels really real. Yeah. Hmm. Sorry, that was no, no, no. It's good. It's it's good. I mean, this film does evoke childhood memories, mm. feelings of childhood, and it's it's done very well. Um, the movie didn't do well though when it was first at the box office. It didn't break even oh, for no. two years. Wow, two years. The I only, can understand yeah. that. I guess yeah. The only reason it broke even was because uh, they released dolls of King Totoro and kids obviously love the dolls mm-hmm. yeah. so the merchandise again quite Disney merchandising. Was, yeah, merchandising was what eventually got this film to break even and um, I mean Totoro dolls are, are everywhere oh, that's the thing I knew of this image mm. yeah he's in Toy Story I'd... Toy Story 3 yeah, mm-hmm. he's, yeah. A, he's a plushie yeah so I've known that image before I've even seen this. And the umbrella scene, like with them with umbrellas yeah. all wet and with stuff. With the light, the yeah. yellow light going. So mm. I knew that shot. So I'm glad that the movie did well. Yeah. Outside of the Japanese Academy Awards, which historically ignored animated films until uh, 1998's Princess Mononoke. Wow. Um, My Neighbor Totoro won an award from every major Japanese film awards, including Best Film from both the... Main Chi Film Award and Kinema Junpo, as well as the Blue Ribbon Special Award. So it received awards. Yeah, it's it surprising was that didn't help the box office much more. Well, I mean, sometimes you hear about a film which is which has won a load of awards and people yeah. just don't go see it because it looks a bit boring or it's not quite advertised to them mm. properly. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's easy for people to go see The Shape of Water once it's got the Best Picture Oscar. Yeah. But you know it's 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 things like it's word of mouth and it's distribution which are, yeah. are big factors and obviously this film just didn't quite get that in the initial run but um but yeah i mean it's i mean i'm i'm glad it won awards because it is a it is a beautiful film definitely deserves them for sure mm. um the tiny soot creatures uh, that live in the house reappear in spirited, spirited away, away. Yes, yeah cuz i first I've seen thought of them. I was mm. like, oh, it's a spirited away thing, which then totally works because then you're like, you know, it, it makes you go, well, then clearly the kids did see them. Those spirits are real or maybe they're not. And the girl imagined that as well. But like, mm. you know, like it's a possible. Yeah, this, this might be in your thing. facts somewhere, but uh, Totoro and the Soot Sprites, those kind of things, are they based off of Japanese folklore? Well, Totoro, specifically the name Totoro is... Um, Partly, there's two there's two um, potential sources. Mm. The Japanese word for troll is Tororo. Right. So, oh, so that's why they kept saying, oh, like you, the you troll in your book. Yeah. And so, because May first met the creature and was pronouncing it Totoro, it's like a childhood mis- mispronunciation of right. troll. Oh, yeah. Um, one of the other re- speculations, though, is that. Um, uh, Miyazaki grew up near a Japanese city called Tokorozawa, which um, is also another one which, if said incorrectly by children, sounds a bit like Totoro. Right. So um, there's a, there's a couple of like suggested like where they come from, but it's generally from like a child misspeaking. Yeah. Which oh, again, adorable. 
beautiful. Yeah, oh fits God. in with the world. Yeah. Oh my goodness, I used to call hospitals hospitals. Yeah. Hospitals. It'd yeah. be like if in English and they saw it, uh, the the creature and thought it was a troll and calling it a twall, like yeah. that kind of thing. Ooh, uh, Totoro is a lot cuter than twall, though. Yeah. <laughs> but, like. Mm. Yeah, uh, I, I'm trying to think of a of an Australian animal equivalent, but I just my don't. sister uh, really liked the film 101 Dalmatians, but couldn't say Dalmatians. She called them Maldations, Maldations. <laughs> when she That's was great. about that age. I used to say Paschetti. Yeah, Paschetti. Yeah. Paschetti. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and finally, the sequence where May gets lost attempting to deliver an ear of corn to her mother includes her sitting by a row of statues. Yeah, yeah. what were they? I was wondering. In Japan, those statues represent the, and you'll have to forgive me if I get this inc- uh, pronounced incorrectly, uh, they represent the Bodhisattva, Bodhisattva Jizo, uh, the Buddhist deity who is the protector of children. Thus, uh, Miyazaki is conveying that in a subtle reassurance to the audience that May, although lost at the moment, is otherwise in no immediate danger uh, when her sister comes and gets her from the cat. That's great imagery. Yeah, that's great. Because again, I, I was like, I don't want this to be uh, sad and depressing. (laughs) And I would hate. I would bet you. I would bet you that people interpret this movie that she's dead. I bet you. Oh, someone, like, out, yeah. someone out there has definitely gone, no, she's actually dead. Like, I you know. think they'd be a bit heartless if they did. I um, just wouldn't be surprised. I don't know. Like, I just, you know. There are people, like, I like a dark film as much as the next person, but people like to turn like, uh, whimsical great... childhood stories yeah. into, um, like, dark and troubled yeah. they, tales. They, yeah. terri- they terribithia it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, can I... Drop a bridge I, on I, I will never forgive that movie mm. because they i was a kid they advertised it completely differently like mm. pretty much what this movie was like you know fantasy creatures mm. imagination i and still haven't watched they... it because i grew up hearing about all that and then i was like well you don't want to because now i know the twist and i know it's gonna hurt me so i avoided there's it there's no point because like <laughs> this one you're like oh are these spirits real are they not mm. is it part of the child's imagination you never see any spirits or fantasy creatures like they advertised, and then she drowned. And you're like, what the hell? I'm sorry. I'm glad this movie wasn't that. I like It hit halfway mark, and I was going, if they British... Speaking of drowning, right? they never say whose shoe that was. Yeah, okay. Who's <laughs> like, I, I was like, they were like, it's not her shoe. And then they are like, oh, Granny overreacted again. I was like, um, it's still a child's shoe. They're like... Uh, I know the yeah. Japanese is traditionally very tidy, but litter still happens, and like children lose shoes all the time. Yeah, I know, but I liked how it looked like they just stopped looking. I would immediately yeah. be like, okay, head count of all the kids yeah. in the town right now, just, just to, to be safe. Just a quick check. <laughs> yeah, but it was really good. The whole town and that shot of like Granny praying and stuff, really like mm. put tension in there. I was like, oh no, has she actually? And again, you see those snippets of. The adults. Because again, when the girls were on the bus, la 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 la, like at the end, I was like, people are still looking for her. (laughs) And thinking how like, again, that adult part, or when the husband and wife, when he's at the hospital and he's just talking to her, and it clicked that because of the lack of technology to communicate, obviously no one had called to inform him that his daughter had been missing for at least three, four hours. Mm. You know, so that was really, again, my brain was like... Oh my god, that poor parent when they find out. Like, what if someone telegrams him, finds out, then he leaves, and uh, I, as a parent, I'd be well, like, oh, you know. Do you reckon they told them? Because Granny could have gotten away with this scot free. Because if they didn't know, 
and then the dad turns up. Well, the other thing was, the boy was riding his bike to the hospital. So who did he talk to? And why didn't that person tell the parents? Wow. Yeah, but again, that scene might not have happened. It might have... I, 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 like, it's still that... I don't know, like, it, it could be the child's mm. version of, you know... Maybe he only checked along the path and didn't actually go into the hospital. Maybe, so, yeah. Could be. Who knows? But uh, that brings us basically to the end of this episode. All that remains is to score My Neighbor Totoro. Ooh. And Kate, you are first up as the person who's seeing scoring. it for the first time. What would you give My Neighbor Totoro out of 10? Um, I would say like out of 10 for a... I'd give it like a... I'd give a pretty high ranking to most movies actually. Um, I'd give it like a pretty good solid... Eight, like I think it's, yeah, I think it was really well done. Um, it'd be interesting to see how kids react to this movie. Mm. Like a part of me would go, would the kids get bored watching it? Because, but I don't think they would. Yeah, because a lot of our enjoyment is seeing it from a kid's perspective. Seeing a kid as an adult watching it, so it'd be interesting to see how a child would rank this movie. Um, does it have the same effect on a child watching it? So. I don't know. I think, but yeah, solid eight. I really enjoyed the movie, and mm. I'm glad I, I'm glad I watched it. I, growing up on Disney, it's really good to watch a child movie that's shows a healthy relationship, a healthy family dynamic. Mm. That's not based on a girl needing romance, and that's based on childhood innocence. Then, yeah, a parent being brutally murdered and terrible step parents and hmm. child abuse which hmm. is mostly disney mostly disney is just child abuse so, yeah you, um, you rattled off most of all the disney covered the bases yeah so i'm um, um, it was really nice to watch a kids movie that you know was yep. nice andrew out of 10 what are you giving my neighbor totoro uh nine acorns out of 10 i don't think you can't change anything in this film without making it a completely different film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. it's it's uh, it's just such a different story structure, if mm. you can even call it that, to any other film. And it's just a good experience all around, I feel. Yeah. I, I am pretty much in agreement with you two. I was tossing up between those numbers. Mm. So I, I'm going to come slap bang in the middle and go, uh, I'm going to go for an eight and a half uh, graffitied ears of corn uh, <laughs> out, of, out of 10 I, 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 I think it was just it's charming mm. I, I agree I don't think there's too much you could do to improve it maybe a couple of like technical things I felt at the beginning the frame rate was a bit weird with the truck yeah that might be the file yeah. as well it, it could be the way that we were watching it but mm. it could also be um, you know the animation style may have changed a bit uh, in 30 years you'd hope so yeah. um, it's it's a gorgeous film though and it yeah. was only something that I'd noticed in the first minute. It might be that either my eyes adjusted or the the film itself adjusted. And it's just it's just gorgeous. And I liked it a lot more than the last time I watched it. Um, yeah. That Because uh, that last time I watched it, I would have probably given it like a six to a seven. Because it was like, yeah, it was fine, but nothing really happened. Lots happened. Yeah. It's just that you, you have to really embrace seeing it as a child. And yeah. it's, yeah, it's 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 just lovely. It's it's a wonderful, lovely film, and uh, I, yeah, I, I had a great time. Uh, Kate and Andrew, thank you very much for joining thank me on this episode. So thank you for I having would, us. I would love to see a sequel of this movie if they ever decide to make one. I doubt it, but I liked it. My neighbor Tutoro. Tutoro, <laughs> yeah, got it, they got it there and everything. Oh, mm. you've got it ready. My awesome. other neighbor, also Totoro. <laughs> He's everywhere. <laughs> 
<laughs> he's back and this time it's personal <laughs> uh right and for those of you listening at home thank you very much for listening in uh we are available on itunes soundcloud or other podcasting or podcatching services we can also be found on facebook just search for the cinema catch-up club there or indeed our uh, parent company thought jar productions look there like it get weekly updates on what's coming up and things of that nature and of course we have the patreon uh, if you want to become an official member of the club go to www.patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcast but that's all for this week so until next time Totoro, Totoro, do do do. Totoro, Totoro, do 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 do. Totoro, Totoro, do do do. So much fun to watch. You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.